superchargers, headlights, and more. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. With over 122 million parts and eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Plus, with prices that don't break the bank, you can stay on your A-game. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, three and out podcast. Thursday afternoon, I, I peek up and I realize there's no Thursday night game because of all these Corona pushbacks. I'm like, you know, what am I waiting for? Might as well just hit record and and uh, get some of my takes up in the uh, up on my computer because there's no game tonight, which is kind of weird. Uh, but I guess there's like two Monday night football games and then a Tuesday night game. So I I, I really can't keep up with the game movements. Uh, I, I got no clue what's going on. I, I just know games get moved at rapid speed, and I just turn on my TV, and if it's on, it's on. If it's not, it's not. But I'll, I'll dive into the Wednesday night game, I guess, off the top. I got a lot of stuff I'm pretty excited about. Some Matt Stafford thoughts. Uh, Scott Pioli had an article on NFL.com about the salary cap. I, I'm going to push back a little bit. I, I have a theory, developed a theory this week about second-round quarterbacks and why I probably wouldn't touch him. Uh, Kirk Herbstreit said some things about Jim Harbaugh and Michigan potentially tapping out, and just overall college football playoff thoughts. I was watching Joey Bosa, who had like 50 tackles last week against the Bills, like six sacks. I mean, he really had like 10 tackles, three sacks. And it hit me, man. The Chargers. Uh, they They have the opportunity to be one of the better job openings in a long time. Uh, three for the money, of course. Actually hit two of my three last week. Uh, got a little lucky, I guess, with Tampa that ended up covering three and a half. But uh, I'm, I'm 22 and 17 on the year. Feeling pretty good. Feeling pretty good. This week's a little harder. This week's kind of a tough week. So we'll try to nail my three picks. I actually feel pretty good about my three picks. But let's just start really quick about the Wednesday night game. 
my overall takeaway is it was a Wednesday night game or Wednesday day game. I, I, I don't take away any football from from Wednesday's game. I, I just don't. Football players are creatures of habits. They have learned to adapt to the Thursday night game, and they understand Sunday and if they're playing Monday night games. They do not play football on Wednesday. The, the average schedule for an NFL team, if you win on Sunday, you get Monday and Tuesday off. Typically, you practice on Wednesday. Even if you're a team that didn't win, maybe you come in for a little bit on Monday, get Tuesday off, and then practice on Wednesday. Wednesday is the number one practice day in the NFL. It's when the game plan gets handed out. It's when players start feeling, I mean, depending on who you talk to, feeling a little bit better from the game on Sunday. That's just a normal, you know, your body your body clocks as a football player are our body clocks as we work our normal jobs, right? You used to go into bed at a certain time. You used to waking up at a certain time. You're used to a schedule Monday through Friday. Obviously, this year has, you know, gotten a Clayton Kershaw-level curveball of life. But for the most part, the majority of us, even the creative ones, are somewhat creatures of habits. Some people are probably more buttoned up on their daily schedule. I mean, you read some of these guys, like, getting up at four, working out, and doing their stuff. And other people, but again, like, for the most part, you you wake up, you take your kid to school, you go to work, you come home, you make dinner, you hit the gym, whatever. We basically, most humans do the same things the majority of the days of their life. The weekends are up you know, in the air. But when it comes to their work, they build their life around their work. So I, I, I understand, like, that game looked terrible. It was a rough watch. The Ravens literally played the game without Lamar Jackson. So when I look at the Steelers, I go, yeah, they're 11-0. and And I think a lot of people are nitpicking them. And I know Mike Tomlin said the red zone offense sucked. I don't really hold them that accountable for that situation. Now, my one takeaway for the Steelers is they lost one of their best players on the unit that if they were going to win the Super Bowl, was going to have to carry them, their their defense. You lose Bud Dupree, you lose Bush, you lose two legit starters on your defense. I mean, Bush was already gone, but that's a massive loss. It just is, because the number one thing they did is you could not block their front, and it was Dupree and Watt. I mean, it was Watt and Dupree, but losing that guy, that's a big loss. So I don't look at them the same, though when I watched them, I, I, I thought it was going to be very difficult for them to win the Super Bowl, but they clearly are one of the best teams in the league. That was a that's a rough injury loss, but I also don't take that much away because they struggled to beat the Ravens. Like it's a Wednesday game, and the Ravens, I have no opinion beside the opinions that I already had. They struggled to pass the ball, but when RG three has to start, newsflash: Robert Griffin the third sucks. He's not very good. If Lamar Jackson was not the Ravens' starting quarterback, Robert Griffin the third would not be in the National Football League. So they started a quarterback who's only in the league because that team runs the most unique offense in the league when it comes to a running quarterback. Without, If Lamar's was, you know, John Jackson, and he was just a normal quarterback and not Lamar Jackson, RG3 would be out of the league. He's terrible. He can run around a little bit. He couldn't hit water if he was sitting in a boat. So I, I can't, my takes on the Ravens normally with Lamar, clearly a flawed team, that team that I watched, I, I have no opinion on. That's not their normal football team. I just saw John Harbaugh before I came on here. I was watching like NFL Network, and he was like, you know, I, then the Corona guys don't really have an update. They'll all come back at separate days. So it's just, they got dealt a shitty hand with this thing. 
and it clearly looks like it was that the uh, the reason it happened was an assistant coach, which for those of you Ravens fans that listen to this, if he hasn't already, I would imagine he'll be the first guy to go when the season ends. When the season ends, they will fire that guy. That guy will go. Someone has to pay for this. And there will be pressure on the league. Like They'll want that guy to go. He's going to get fired. And uh, he, he screwed over the Ravens if it was a coach that wasn't following the protocol and, and led to this spread. Because when you're a strength and conditioning coach, you deal with all the players. So it's just a disaster situation. Sucks for the players. I, I know they said on the broadcast, like Lamar Jackson was like, what? I've been following all the rules. And you can follow the rules. If someone slips, it screws you. It's why I, I think it's going to be really hard for the NBA. The NFL, these guys, the discipline in the sport, it's just it's it's set up like the military. Coaches tell you to jump, you say how high. In the other sports, like baseball players and basketball players, like they do what they want to do. I think it's going to be very difficult. It's why football, even though it's been a little rocky at times, for the most part, like players listen what you tell them to do. It's the nature of football. It's why the sport thrives. The other sports, the players are used to telling everyone else to do. It's going to be it's going to be difficult, you know. I, I I don't this, the NFL. It's been remarkable, especially given how many players they have. That I think Schefter tweeted they haven't had to cancel a game yet, and they came damn close with this one, but uh, they, they ultimately didn't have to cancel it. Okay, let's dive into Matt Stafford, and I, I've I talked about him earlier this week. You know, the thing in football is free agency and trades happen before the draft. And this week, BYU now plays Coastal Carolina. Zach Wilson, Trey Lance didn't play all year long. I think if we talk to people in the league, those guys have a chance to even go above Justin Fields. We might see four quarterbacks go in the top ten. But before that, there's going to be some movement. And I think the two guys that we keep talking about, that when I say we, meaning myself, are Sam Darnold and Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford right now is infinitely better than Sam Darnold. Newsflash. We all get that. I think, listen... I, there's going to be a lot of unknown. Who is going to be their next coach? Who is going to be their next general manager? To me, if I'm Matt Stafford, I'd say most people, if you listen to the show, if you said, is Middlecoff like pro player or pro management? I would imagine most people say, oh, he's probably pro, he's more pro management. He's kind of anti-player. If you just ask the casual guy that listened to my show. And I always push back and go, listen, most of the players that fight for stuff, I just tend to disagree with their fight. Like Le'Veon Bell, all, every media guys were like, he went up against the man. No, he lost $15 million that he's never going to get back. And ever since he came back, he's a terrible football player. So instead of having the $27 million, he could have had the $14 million and the $27 million. Also, when you sit out a year, you become worse at whatever you do. Whatever you're doing right now, if you're listening to this, medical sales, uh, architecture, podcasting, if you just stop doing something for a year, you become worse. Garen freaking teeth. And a lot of those situations, like, I just don't agree with. Now, sometimes, Khalil Mack, when he held out, I said, you know what? Khalil Mack has a point. You have to pay this guy. He's the best player in the franchise. He knows what his value is. And the moment Aaron Donald got $87 million, it was like, either pay him $87 million or he's going to get that deal somewhere else. And he did. So, like, I'm just pro-good business, whether it's the team side or whether it's the player side. And the only time when a player is really making a big stink that I'm going to lean with the player if he's a premium player. Because if he's not a super elite player, the reality of the NFL is I can replace you. <laughs> Welcome to the league. This isn't the NBA. Like, I, I don't need to pay $18 million for a, for a small forward. I can find a good, like, if you're a Pro Bowl right guard and you want a franchise tag, like, I can find a starting right guard for $2 million. 
Just it's just the reality of the situation. But I do think for Matt Stafford, and a lot of times when players have drawn their kind of line in the sand and demanded a trade, I have I guess it depends on the situation. But I, I think this one is an easy one for Matt Stafford. He's been there 10 years, and he's been a part of, let's face it, the franchise that their two best players in franchise history have basically retired at 30 years old. Barry Sanders and Calvin Johnson both said, yeah, I'm, I'm over this. See ya. Godspeed. I'm out. I think Matt Stafford, regardless who becomes the coach and regardless who becomes the general manager, because if I'm him, I'm not going to trust that those guys are going to be good. No matter how sexy the hire is, on the press conference, no matter how many fluff piece articles get written from the media, the moment the season ends, I just demand a trade. I say, I'm not playing here anymore. I go Carson Palmer. Just like when Carson Palmer did that with the Bengals. He was right. The Bengals were in the wrong. And ultimately, it took him, it took him the Raiders, but then he eventually got to the Arizona Cardinals. And he got to a situation that resurrected his career. Now, Matt Stafford, you could say, well, they've lost a lot of games. He's been paid handsomely for that. He's made, after this season, $226 million in his career. So money will never be an issue for any Stafford for several generations unless they are just village idiots. He has made generational, generational, generational money. (laughs) Like, it's going for generations. If I'm Matt Stafford, I do whatever I have to do. I look at the landscape, I pick a couple teams, I get with my agent, I go, who's going to need a quarterback, where can I win, Indianapolis, San Francisco, Pittsburgh, whatever, and I give them the list, and I dictate the terms. It's rare in the NFL that you're able to do that. And you've seen, every once in a while, premium players can do that. Jamal Adams kind of did it with New York, said, I'm not playing here anymore. Now, they they still got two ones and a two for them. Jalen Ramsey, same thing, two ones and a two. Khalil Mack, same thing two ones, it doesn't mean that you're not going to have to trade something for him, but I think Matt Stafford, who also could, if he had to, give some bonus money back, take a little bit smaller of a cap number, but he needs to take his career into his own hands. Because the Detroit Lions, while they changed the financial future of his life, and Stafford's for, till the, uh, you know, it's going to be, you know, 3050 the Stafford's are still going to be living off this contract money. The hell, they could move to California and even with these taxes still be fine. But he's going to go down as just one of those guys, you know, he's just one of those like NBA players that just put up good stats and just never won. You want to be remembered like that? Especially when you have an unlimited amount of money. He has an unlimited amount of money. As a rich guy told me one time, or actually someone told me that a rich guy told him what it's like to be a billionaire. He said, just imagine everywhere you go, everything is free. It was like, God, that's such a great way to put it. Like, everywhere you go, everything is free. Even the more money you make, you realize you, you go someplace, you're like, ah, oh, I used to think about paying for this, now I'll just buy it. But every you always go somewhere, you're like, God, that's a little out of my price range, right? You, hell, you could be make $10 million a year. You walk into Malibu, they're like, yeah, we want $50 million for this house. You're like, yeah, that's a little out of my price range. There ain't many places Matt Stafford goes where money is an issue. I'll promise you that. It's time to win. And just make the playoffs a couple times and just have some moments on a franchise that matters. The Colts are clearly ready-made. Now, I don't know if the Colts want them. The 49ers are clearly ready-made, missing a quarterback. There are going to be a couple spots and a couple teams. The Steelers, who knows what's going to happen with Roethlisberger. He's pretty old. I My gut would be Roethlisberger comes back. But I think the no-brainer move, and if I was Matt Stafford's friend, 
if I was his agent, I would, the moment the season ends, I would meet him at his house and go, we need a strategy. We need to demand a trade. And he'll make it public, however we want to do it. But we, we need to tell the Lions, we're not going to play here anymore. We're done. We will never play another snap for your franchise. We appreciate all the money you gave us. I gave you everything we had. Your crappy coaches and crappy rosters screwed our ability to win. I, I had some moments too, but I was the least of your problems for the last decade. And he truly was. I mean, we can nitpick him all you want, but it's I'm blaming the Lions, not him. But it's time for him to take his, you know, his career into his own hands. And 33, 34, 35, 36, he's got a little window where he can still really play to give him a chance to maybe win a Super Bowl or make a couple deep playoff runs and just become a quarterback that we remember as a winner. Not a guy that just has an unlimited amount of money, but is a losing player. You know, I, I've lived in several different condo complexes uh, in Philadelphia and now three in the Bay Area. And one thing you consistently notice when you move in, I, I didn't probably notice as much in Philadelphia. I lived actually in a really, really nice one in Philadelphia, uh, right downtown. It, it was badass. My second year working in the office, it was really cool. But the last two condo complexes I've lived in, one as a renter and now one as a buyer, you go into these where someone owns it, whether they live in there or they're renting it out, and you see a lot of different people. Like the, f- the first one I lived in had a lot of older people. Honestly, it kind of felt like a retirement home. Part of it was like in 2013, 2014, I did not want to play San Francisco rent prices, so I moved basically right across the bay, right next to Cal Berkeley, kind of. And I lived in an area where the, the economy was booming. But there were a lot of people that had moved in this condo complex when you could probably buy in for like 80 grand, 75 grand, 20 years previously. And now these condos are going for, you know, five, six hundred thousand dollars $600,000. So they had made a ton. Yet the people in the condo complex, a lot of them on fixed income, didn't have that much money. So when you have to do big improvements, it's on the HOA fee. They want to raise the HOA fee. And the richer guys that pay five, dollars $600,000 that money isn't as important to them want the condo complex to be nicer, whether it's improve the pool, improve whatever, like, cool, I'll pay an extra $100 a month on the HOA fee. Well, a lot of the older people on the fixed income want no part of that because even though they've made a ton of money on their place, right, if they paid off that $100,000, whether however much they got on a loan, they have four or $500,000 in equity just in a little condo in, in 15 years. It's an incredible investment. Yet they don't actually have that much money, the cash. So they want no part of raising the HOA fees. And I've seen it in the one I live in now, which actually has a lot more younger people. It's more just, I hate the HOA. Uh, but we haven't had that m- m- as many problems as we did as the old place I lived. But part of like anyone knows is at a country club, uh, I'm not a member at a country club right now. My brother is. And I think you see it at a golf country club is there's always a discrepancy with just because you're a member at a country club, unless it's like Augusta, a lot of the run of the mills, like the one my brother's a member of that, that I grew up kind of playing at in like Davis, California. It's not like some nice country club. Honestly, most people that are members, there are like farmers, construction workers. I mean, you can join for, it costs like a thousand dollars to join. It's not... I think a lot of the uh, people view country clubs like, yeah, there are some ones in like Bel Air or New York, right? Or I don't know, some of these Trump ones that are probably expensive as shit. But a lot of them just have guys that like to play golf. I played golf this 
during Corona with a guy. I, I had a buddy that was a member at a course in the Bay Area. He took me. We played with another guy who had just joined. He's like, you know, it actually, I was playing so much golf during Corona as a public golfer, it was cheaper to join the country club, especially if the down payment's like a thousand bucks. And then your monthly payment is a couple hundred dollars. But part of being a member of a country club is you're kind of all in it together. So if you ever want to make like an improvement to the clubhouse, meaning like maybe at a sweet restaurant or at a cool bar or whatever, everyone has to chip in to pay. Well, not everyone, not every member of the club obviously has the same amount of money. Some guys might have been members there forever and don't really pay that much money and might have cost them no money to join. Other people that have new money, they don't mind. They want to do nicer stuff. Well, it's hard to get everyone to vote and agree on because even though you're all members of the same club, not everyone is in the same financial situation. I saw Scott Pioli write a long article on the salary cap and kind of the potential ramifications of the salary cap going. Can I give you an educated guess, which I think a lot of owners are going to push for, because it's been a topic all year long, that the salary cap is going to plummet. I think a large majority, especially the new owners, the big money guys, are not going to want the salary cap to drop. Why? Because going from one 200 back to like 180, what's $20 million to Dave Tepper? You know Dave Tepper just bought his franchise for $2 billion? He paid cash. He paid cash for his team. Why would he want the salary cap to get? That'd be a competitive disadvantage for him. You think Jerry Jones is worried about the salary cap? Hell, even like Mark Davis, who had no money, who now moved to Vegas, salary cap's not going to be a problem for him. But here's the problem. In a country club, not everyone thinks the same. Some of these old school guys, the Spanoses, Mike Brown and the Bengals, maybe even the Roonies. Because when you think about money, money's all relative. So a lot of these guys that have been in the league 30, 40 years, couple, you know, they were part of the league when giving a guy a million or $2 million bonus was a big deal. Dave Tepper just gave Teddy Bridgewater $30 million guaranteed. You think he's worried about giving uh, some bonuses? No chance. You think the Glazers, Cronkies, these guys are worried? No. So there is this conversation about, well, the league, is they're going to drop the salary cap. I'd imagine a lot of owners, especially the ones with a lot of pull, or at least with a lot of money, I don't know if they have a lot of pull, like Jerry does, but I think Jerry does lean with the Maras and some of the old school guys, the Crafts. Because when you just think about business, the move is, we didn't make as much money, pull back a little bit. I, I, I could, it's, they don't, they're not pulling back because they don't have the cash. They're going to have made a ton of money on the television deals. Now, they won't have made as much because a lot of these stadiums are empty. They weren't able to make the huge sponsorship money. They either had to give it back or not accept payments this year. Obviously, they didn't get the, the uh, sweet money. But I'm telling you, if you go to any country club in America, there are going to be people that agree with stuff and disagree with stuff at any level of money. The NFL is no different. And part of this is like, if the salary cap drops, and Pioli wrote about this, well, the franchise tag becomes a lot more complicated. Because when I franchise tag a player like Dak Prescott, and that's you know $28, $30 million, all of that money goes on my salary cap. So if I'm the Cowboys... I wouldn't want the salary cap to drop, especially if I plan on franchise tagging him again. And clearly, if you're Jerry, money's no issue. Why does the salary cap have to drop? Just because the entire league wasn't going to make as much money? They still made more than enough to cover the cost 
of the $200 million salary cap. In my opinion, there are going to be, in my educated guess, there are going to be several owners who push to just keep at most just the cap flat. They did it in the NBA. The NBA, like the NFL, all these new money, new owners in the NBA, money is no issue. They made billions upon billions upon billions in, you know, venture capitalism. Now, again, I'm not, there's a difference between just wasting money if they didn't have it. Yes, I would say it's definitely going down. But they got the cash. They got more than enough cash. And why a lot of these guys are trying to win, because the, the quicker you get to win on the field, the faster you make money. The NFL is a pretty simple business. First and foremost, you're guaranteed to always make money. You cannot lose money because of the TV deals. But second, if you win, if you win, you will print money. If your team is in the playoffs every year, you, and you're any sort, you're you're in any sort of market besides like Jacksonville, you are going to crush Minnesota, Pittsburgh, Philly. Hell, the Giants and Jets don't even win, and they make huge cash. Obviously, Robert Kraft makes an unlimited amount of money. Jed York last year made so much cash with those home playoff games. If you win, you make cash. So I these owners are not going to want to have to cut all these people. When I see some of these old-school Scott Piolis and Mike Lombardis, they're like, they're going to have to cut all these veteran players. And part of that, you know who gets screwed in a huge cap you know, uh, rollback? Our veteran players. Why? They make more money. Well, a lot of veteran players, and when I say veteran, I'm not talking 35-year-olds. I'm just talking a 28-year-old who's been in the league for seven years. Well, what if that guy's one of your best players and you, the owner likes him? Why do I want to get rid of him? I think there is going to be a huge pushback. You heard it here first. I'll be a little surprised if the salary cap moves back. And the salary cap going to 175, I don't see it. Because I don't think they have to do it. And it's one of those moves that it's not going to cripple their business long term. Corona, the shutdown's not going to last forever. I think it's fair to say they're going to be fans. In, I mean, hell, they're, I'm an outlier right now in the, in the Bay Area slash California. We don't have fans. I watch football all weekend long. Fans are everywhere. Jerry's hosting like 30,000 people, you know, a game. But next year, I think it'll be full go. So they're going to get all their money back next year. Why not just take, it's not even a hit. Just you wouldn't be as rich as you normally would have been. But I think these guys can see the big picture and understand where it's going, the television deal. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I, I think it, it sounds good on paper. I'll oh, just roll the salary cap back. What does that really save in every team? $15 million? Who cares? Why does that? Why do you want to cut players that you wouldn't normally cut? I honestly think you could just. It's gone up basically ten million dollars a year. In 2012, it was 120 million dollars. This year it was basically 198 million dollars. So it went up 10 percent basically every year. Why? Why would these guys want to roll it back? It's it's the one thing that keeps everyone in the mix is the television money, and that money's not stopping. It's the reason why I've said from the jump, they're playing all these games to get the cash. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team, faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals which make it the best place to hire. I know I'm on it all the time, looking for people, 
checking out what everyone's doing. Hiring should be easy. And that is where LinkedIn comes in. So the fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours, LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Firestone Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Firestone. Test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well, Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Well, like many kids at 16, I got uh, a car that uh, came from my grandpa. It wouldn't have been my first choice, but because I was 16 and had no money, I didn't have a choice, I took it. And then I personalized it. I tinted those windows. I put in multiple 12-inch subwoofers in the back so my parents and everyone else in the neighborhood could hear me coming from across town. And I turned that thing into something at first that I was like, I want something better to essentially my dream ride at the time because I had a car at 16. Can't Hard to complain. One of my favorite parts about car culture is regardless of the car you're given when you're young, you can find a way to make it cool. And that's what any young, innovative individual will do. I don't care what you're rolling in. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time. Every time or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. A lot of deep thinking this week. And in my deep thinking, I developed a theory. And I thought about it for a long time. And I came to the conclusion I would never draft a quarterback in the second round. And as someone who gambles a lot, 
And I talk about the stock market a lot. I like cheaper stocks, especially when stocks plummet and get to like single digits or in the low teens. Because if it's a company you believe in, it's got a chance to get to $80, $100. Well, you can triple, quadruple your money. Well, it's easier said than done. A lot of times it does not happen. Just like when I bet on football, I like taking underdogs. It's like I bet if we look back, besides like some Jets games, I take a lot of big underdogs. That's why I like I got the Jags this week, plus 10. Now, I when I bet on underdogs too, I like to dabble some on the money line. Typically because the return on them is very good. But when you get aggressive on the money line, if you bet typically $100 a game, and you put a couple hundred dollars on a money line big underdog, like you're not going to win that many of them. They tend to not win. Now, they might cover, but if you don't win, you lose your money. But the risk, all you got to do is hit one of them, and you're like, ah, I I just won $500 on a $100 bet. Or I won $1,000 on $250 bet. It's an incredible feeling. But it doesn't happen that often. There's a reason they give you the points with basically one-to-one odds. Well, in football, most great quarterbacks or most really good starting quarterbacks, in theory, when they're coming out of the draft, are going to be drafted in the first round. And when we view a guy as a potential star, he is not going to last out of the first round. They typically go in the top 10, right? Usually, you got to draft guys in like the top five. I think you're going to see it this year. All these guys, at least Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Zach Wilson have a chance to go. Obviously, Trevor's going to go one. But the other three guys to go in the top like six or seven picks. Because all those guys are going to be viewed as future starting quarterbacks. So when you view a guy as a future starting quarterback, you typically take that guy in the first round. And then if you think there's just good value, I'd say you start drafting guys in like the third and fourth round. But when you take a guy in the second round, and what got me thinking about this is John Elway and Drew Locke. One thing I consistently hear in the league is maturity, maturity, maturity. I didn't know that much about Drew Locke. I know he had the dancing thing a couple weeks ago, but this week or last week when the corona thing happened, and it clearly was on him for being an idiot and not wearing the mask, right? Like the rules are the rules. Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, Tom Brady, they're all falling them. Whether you agree or disagree, if you want to play football, you put the fucking mask on when you're at the facility. It's just that simple. And he clearly didn't do it, got caught, got fined, and wasn't able to play, and they had to play a practice squad guy. And they lost 35-4 to or 3, whatever the final score was that game. They got rolled. And their coach, who is an old-school badass, Zero excuses, blame the quarterbacks. Here's the problem with, and listen, that's that's separate from what I'm about to talk to, but John Elway, when you draft a guy in the second round, you know the problem with a second round quarterback? Is I view the guy, if I'm in the fan standpoint, you invested a pretty premium pick. And if you miss on the guy, it almost has a feel like you missed on a first round quarterback. Like it's a huge miss. And if you hit on the guy, it feels pretty good. But his contract, because you got to extend it pretty quickly. It happens fast. But I got news for you. I went through the last decade of second-round quarterbacks. Most of them aren't that good. And definitely most of them are not franchise quarterbacks. I think second-round quarterbacks are by far the worst quarterbacks to take. Because of the pressure you get from the fan base for them to be just good. For them to be worth a second contract. For them to be viewed as a franchise quarterback. Because the moment I take a guy in the second round, oh, I think we, we might have just got our franchise quarterback. 
Well, history would show us you did not. So when I looked at the most the last decade, here are the names. Jimmy Clausen, Andy Dalton, Kaepernick, Osweiler, Geno Smith, Derek Carr, Garoppolo, Hackenberg, Kaiser, Drew Locke, Jalen Hurts. Let's go through them. Jimmy Clausen couldn't play. Dalton Kaepernick. You know, Dalton was okay, benefited from a really good team. Kaepernick ultimately blackballed from the league, but listen, for the two years before that, he was terrible. Did have some big moments and was pretty sweet for a couple years. Osweiler stinks. Geno Smith, worse. Carr, Jimmy. Jimmy obviously got traded. Part of that was Tom Brady. Jury's out on him right now. Derek Carr. Franchise quarterback feels like a strong word, but of this entire list, the one guy that stayed on one team the entire time. So I I would say that Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo, best case scenario, you can get Derek Carr, Jimmy Garoppolo. Hackenberg, Kaiser, disasters. Jalen Hurts, I never would have taken the second round. Drew Locke, jury's out. So think about this. In a league where the most important position by a country mile, is quarterback. When you take a guy in the second round, that means every, but you view this guy as a really good player, every team in the league passed on him. 32 teams. And a lot of these guys aren't going like the first pick in the second round, so potentially like 40 selections go before these guys are taken. And of this list, like the likelihood of it hitting, the best case scenario is Derek Carr or Jimmy Garoppolo. I would much rather take third or fourth round guys and take my chances there than in the second round. I would not take a second round quarterback because you see it with Elway. He's now in this position. And I know I got a lot of Bronco fans listening. I get texts and DMs all the time. What's Drew Locke's deal? What's Drew Locke's deal? What's Drew Locke's deal? Is this guy good enough? If you're asking that question, I think we already know the answer. He's not. He's not. Now, is he better than Hackenberg and... Jimmy Clausen and hell, even Osweiler? Yeah, it looks like it. Is he ever going to be Carr or Jimmy? No. Because the one thing Carr and Jimmy both had is they're pretty mature hard workers. Clearly, Drew Locke can't even follow the, the rules. Cost his team an embarrassing loss at home. Now, they might have lost that game anywhere they were playing the Saints. Taysom Hill threw for 77 yards. So if Drew Locke just would have followed the rules like every other player on his team, who knows? Maybe that game looks a lot different. So I'm out on Drew Locke. Here's the problem. If the Broncos are like, are they just constantly going through this? You either got to take a guy in the first round or take a guy in the third plus rounds. I'm not messing with the second round quarterbacks. The other problem is when you do hit on the second round guy, he gets expensive fast, you know, just because you got to pay him kind of after his third year. So I, I just, my theory, sticking with this, no first round running backs. When I say no first round running backs, like I maybe take a guy in the 20s, I would not take a guy in the top 15. Ain't doing it. But I am not taking the second-round quarterback. Okay, I I got a couple thoughts here on the college football situation. And I was actually watching on Tuesday night the playoff ranking show. And I am rarely surprised. Honestly, I am surprised by nothing. Like all all these, I'm sure many people are seeing these stories of all these politicians blatantly disregarding their own rules. Like, of course, they're all frauds. Like, I no shit. You know, if it wasn't for social media, I, w- I wouldn't know anyone had any faith in any of these people. But I, I, I just, it, it takes a lot to shock me. 
And Kirk Herbstreit said something that made my jaw kind of really hit the floor. Now, he insinuated that a lot of programs are claiming corona, COVID-19, so they can get out of game so they don't get their ass kicked. I have heard the same thing. I saw Joe Klatt tweet it. That's a true statement. Teams are doing that. For example, I think San Jose State thinks Boise State dodged them. I think Florida State, clearly Clemson and Virginia, like there are teams that people think are dodging them. And listen, it's going to be hard to prove, but that is what people are thinking. Which, on shows like this, even Herb Street, like that's what you want. You want the inside scoop. But he said something else that I was like, I don't know if I believe that. He basically said that Jim Harbaugh in Michigan were either going to plan or don't be surprised when they opt out to play Ohio State even though they could. My jaw hit the floor. Because... I watched Jim Harbaugh for a couple years in San Francisco. Went to a lot of his practices. Went to a ton of his games. He's one of the craziest SOBs I've ever been around. And his number one attribute as a coach, let alone as a man, is when I think about Jim Harbaugh, I think that is one guy who is not scared of a goddamn thing. He's not scared of anything. That's his number one. He's fearless when I think Jim Harbaugh. So when I heard Kirk Herbstreet basically call him a quitter or would be willing to quit against his bitter rival, I'm like, God, if Jim Harbaugh is opting out when he could play, even though clearly he's probably going to lose, I, I don't know if I could ever look at Jim the same. And then ultimately Kirk came back and gave an apology. And I, I was listening to Rosillo's podcast, and he thought it was stupid for, for Herbstreet giving an apology. And I tend to agree. I think apologies are just so stupid. Who am I apologizing to? Like, I apologize to people I do business with and my parents. I don't apologize to the other media. I don't give a fuck what they think. I don't apologize to followers on Twitter. Who cares? But to me, his apology did make some sense because he specifically pointed out Michigan. And he specifically, with when you do that, you're specifically kind of calling out Jim Harbaugh. It's his program saying he was not going to play the game. And I'll tell you this, sitting on my couch, I was shocked. Because you basically, if you're going to call Jim Harbaugh and he, like he's going to quit or he's going to puss out of a game because you know he's going to get his ass kicked, that's like a pretty bold thing to say. I'm a big Kirk Herbstreit guy. And clearly, I think it's going on all over the country. And maybe Michigan had planned it. All I know, if Michigan wouldn't didn't play a game, they're not playing this week because of Corona. But because, it's one thing if you can't play, right? You have too many positions that are out. Your just game gets canceled. I get that. But if like you could actually play the game and you don't, that's a bad look. But if you're when he said that about Harbaugh, if if Harbaugh's fearlessness is gone, like he's done as a coach. Because he's not a schemer. He's a leader. He's a crazy man. And part of his craziness is like he would play, like they would play the Patriots this week if they had to. Especially Ohio State. Like he went there to play Ohio State. Now Ohio State's been kicking his ass. But like I I, I did think that was shocking. And I, I again I think apologies. The majority of them are, one, are disingenuous. Two, it's like, who are we apologizing to? You know, if you say something legitimately insensitive, and this isn't even insensitive, he just, he made a statement like Michigan was prepared to opt out against Ohio State, which, you know, is basically saying Jim Harbaugh is a quitter. <laughs> and I, I, I was shocked. Now, he's gone back, and we'll see if they end up playing, but that that even got out there, I was like, damn, that, that was pretty nuts. Now, overall with college football, I think this year is a pretty big joke, right? We've had games canceled left and right. It's impossible 
to do any sort of judgment. I've been a big believer the SEC is better than every other conference, beside the Big Ten, who's kind of down this year. But the SEC, Alabama is clearly the best team in the country. I think Florida's damn good. So I got no problem with Alabama one. The two other two best teams I've watched are Notre Dame and Clemson. When Trevor Lawrence is in there and Notre Dame, like those two teams should be in the playoffs. Now, if Alabama beats Florida in the SEC championship, it should be Alabama. If Notre Dame loses to Trevor Lawrence, I'd put both those two teams in. And then the fourth team, like, I, I, I really don't care. I would tend to lean Ohio State. Uh, watch them this year. They don't quite look as good as last year. Uh, but I, I have no beef with them getting in. Now, if Florida were to beat Alabama, then Ohio State's probably screwed because it's probably Bama, Florida, Notre Dame, and Clemson. Unless Notre Dame beats Clemson with Trevor Lawrence, then maybe Ohio State gets in. But, like, I hear BYU bitching and moaning, Cincinnati. Like, I'm sorry, guys. These programs are just better than you. And in this weird year, like, the, the, the it's already a pretty set country club of the Power Five programs. There's a reason coaches leave the smaller schools to go to the Power Five. There's a reason Luke Fickle is eventually going to leave. There's a reason Chris Peterson, who loved Boise State, eventually went to Washington. Because he never would have made the college football playoff at Boise State. He made it at Washington. Just like Luke Fickle. He'll never make the college football at Cincinnati. Now, maybe he does this year if a bunch of teams lose, but it sure doesn't look like it. He could make it if he went to, I I know he's not going to go to Michigan, but just Michigan-Ohio State. And Ohio State's not coming over anytime soon. But I got no issue. And Colin always talks about this. Just watch the team with the most NFL guys. You know, like, look at Jimbo. Jimbo is starting to recruit big time. What does Jimbo do? Well, he won a national championship at Florida State. What's he going to do at Texas A&M? I don't know if he's going to win a national championship. It's really difficult in that, especially that side of the division. But he's going to get damn close. And if Bama has a down year, and they're going to lose their quarterback, I'm sure, to the draft, and a bunch of players this year to the draft. So they're going to have you know another new quarterback. Now, I say, I guess, the backup, the kid from modern day, is supposed to be really good. I think his name is like Bryce Love. So it's going to be difficult. But like, watch out for A&M. There's a reason Georgia, Florida, A&M, and Bama, and LSU, if they can just you know, keep a decent coordinator around, are just better than everyone else. Now, obviously, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Clemson, Notre Dame, like, it's the same group every year. That's college football. Now, hell, what's the, what's the difference with college basketball? I'm sitting on my couch the other night watching Gonzaga play basketball. I used to view them like Boise State football. And then eventually, they started getting blue-chip players. They now have a guy that's projected to go, like, top five in the NBA draft. And they already have a bunch of other studs. Like, there's not a program on the West Coast that holds a candle to Gonzaga basketball. Gonzaga basketball is now a blue-chip program. And Mark Few can win a national championship at Gonzaga. Well, the equivalent of Gonzaga in college football is like Boise State. Is like uh, Central FA, or what was uh, Central Florida? Wherever Scott Frost was. South Florida, I don't even know. But UCF, like, you're not winning a national championship there. They won't let you in the club. They have a velvet rope for VIP, and it if you don't have Power 5 on your chest, they don't let you in. And honestly, I don't have a problem with it. I really don't. I want to watch the big Power 5 programs. So do the viewers. And I loved Boise State. And honestly, Boise State, the one year, would have been like second year in the league, like 2011, when they had 12 or 11 guys drafted, 
It was the year Kaepernick beat him uh, on like a last-second field goal. I thought that team could play with anyone in the country besides like Alabama. But that's probably the best non-Power 5 team of the last decade. Cincinnati's not that good. I'd take that Boise State team definitely over them because Chris Peterson's a better coach and they just had more NFL talent. So ultimately, I guess to start with, I was I was surprised when Herbie said that Harbaugh would duck him. Because listen, Harbaugh, it's clearly not going as smooth and they're having a terrible year. But the last thing, the Jim Harbaugh I ever knew, to call him as scared or would 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 puss out to play someone when he could play. That That is, that's counter Jim Harbaugh. So it, it didn't shock me when Herb Street kind of had to roll back those words. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Michelin tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Michelin test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. You know, in today's world, it seems the best treatment is reserved only for a few. Well... Discover wants to change that by making everyone feel special. That's why with your Discover card, you have access to 24-7 live customer service, as well as $0 fraud liability, which means you're never held responsible for unauthorized purchases. Finally, no matter who you are or where you are in life, you'll feel special with Discover. Learn more at discover.com slash credit card. Limitations apply eBay Motors is here for the ride. Well, like many kids at 16, I got uh, a car that uh, came from my grandpa. It wouldn't have been my first choice, but because I was 16 and had no money, I didn't have a choice, I took it. And then I personalized it. I tinted those windows. I put in multiple 12-inch subwoofers in the back so my parents and everyone else in the neighborhood could hear me coming from across town. And I turned that thing into something at first that I was like, I want something better to essentially my dream ride at the time because I had a car at 16. Can't hard to complain. One of my favorite parts about car culture is regardless of the car you're given when you're young, you can find a way to make it cool. And that's what any young, innovative individual will do. I don't care what you're rolling in. And with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, You can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof rack, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time. Every time or your money back. Plus at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just another job board. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals which make it the best place to hire. I know I'm on it all the time, looking for people, checking out what everyone's doing. Hiring should be easy, and that is where LinkedIn comes in. So the fact that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours, LinkedIn also knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. Thankfully, with LinkedIn, the process is intuitive, quick, and easy. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N. That's linkedin.com slash J-O-H-N to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I I was watching something this week. I was, when I was coming up with my quarterback theory, might have been on a little edible, and it's when my my brain does its best thinking. And I was, I I watched this four-minute highlight tape. I think the Chargers put it out on Joey Bosa's performance. I mean, he looked like LT as a white guy. I mean, he was dominant. He destroyed the Bills. I mean, he kicked everyone's ass, and he's screaming. He was a madman. And I've been thinking this all year long, but after watching that game, I'm like, if Bill Belichick coached this team, if Andy Reid coached this team, if Sean Payton or Pete Carroll were the coach of this team, they'd win like 14 games. They have the best statistical rookie quarterback in the history of the league. They have star receivers. They have good running backs. They have a really good tight end. They have Joey freaking Bosa. They have good defensive players. It's insane that they're going to end up winning five games. And I, I've obviously, talk, obviously talked about how they should go after Urban Meyer. But I just, it's really pretty nuts when you look at the last 20 years of the Chargers. Talent acquisition has not been their issue. I remember being a graduate assistant at Fresno State, and A.J. Smith came to watch Ryan Matthews work out at the Pro Day. And if you remember A.J. Smith and Marty Schottenheimer, it used to kind of butt heads. A.J. Smith was a really good talent evaluator. He built some of those really talented Charger teams in the 2000s. And then really over the last decade, Tom Telesco has done a really good job of picking players. The Chargers have consistently, for two decades now, had really talented teams, but they never win. And you ask yourself, why? Because you go, well, what are the most two most important uh, positions slash jobs for any NFL team past once the owner has the team? You'd say, well, the coach and the quarterback. Well, they haven't really had that big of an issue finding a quarterback, right? They had Drew Brees for the first five years, and they had Phillip Rivers for the next 15. Their problem is, They've had one good coach over that stretch, Marty Schottenheimer, and then since, Norv Turner, McCoy, and now Anthony Lynn, they keep trying to get bargain basement coaches. Instead of, like I said, go get a big boy. Go pay 10 to 12 to 15, whatever it costs. Go get your, your Matt Rule. How could you possibly, if you owned an NFL franchise, be willing to pay some random linebacker $12 million, some good guard $11 million, but not pay a coach eight. How does that make any sense on God's green earth? 
And I was really thinking watching this Charger, just that Joey Bosa highlight, how many playoff opportunities they've left on the table as a franchise because their owner is cheap. Not because they didn't have the money. That's my issue with cheap people. I don't ever call you cheap if you don't have the money. I understand people worrying about money. Most people, the number one worry you have in your life, besides just the most basic health, you know, the, the your children and stuff, is just, how am I going to pay for things? House, what my kids need, nice things. It's, it's stressful. I've never understood the guy that has, at that level, like that level of money and that level of wealth, and still cuts corners on important things. I get cutting corners on things that don't matter. Like, if you tell me, you know, Chargers don't really have that great of a marketing department. I'd be like, yeah, I think that's kind of overrated. Just win, you know? Like, uh, do the Patriots market well, or they've just gone to nine Super Bowls in 20 years and became a, you know, stalwart brand of the league? Right? Seattle, like, do they market that well, or do they just have Russell Wilson, Pete Carroll kicking everyone's ass for a decade? LOB. LOB markets itself when they're laying people out. You know, I, I'm okay with cutting costs in certain places in your franchise. But if you tell me, you know, when it comes to football, they just, football operations, you know, when my GM or head coach says they need something, they're like, yeah, we don't have the money. Then you got a problem. That's on you. But to me, with the Chargers, starts with their head coach. They're always trying to go cheap. And when you look at all the crappy teams, the Giants, the Jaguars, the Jets, all the teams that are in the mix to not win many games and be drafting in the top five or six picks, they couldn't hold a candle to this Charger team. It's insane how much talent they have. And I, I'm done, you know, beating up on Anthony Lynn. I, he is what he is. I, I, I've been consistent over this for a couple years. It's never been personal hell. When I watch Hard Knocks, I wanted to like the guy because he was such a likable guy. I'd enjoy smoking a cigar and talking ball and throwing a couple back with him. Like I would most coaches. That doesn't mean they'd be good head coaches. And you could argue sometimes when that when that is like your ability to just hang out, you might not be, you know, a good head coach. I don't know exactly why Anthony Lynn's not a good head coach. I just simply know he's not a good head coach. He doesn't make much money. And the Chargers are going to go into this hiring cycle. Their job is dramatically better than every other job. The Lions, every Lions fan would agree, the franchise is just in shambles. I mean, the team is just a joke. Like, it's just not a good job. The Falcons have no cap space. You're stuck with Matt Ryan. The Texans have no picks or cap space. They do have a quarterback. But this Jack Easterby guy, who is like a preacher, but he's also kind of like a GM, even though he doesn't pick the players, is in with the owner. Yeah, that's not really my type of job. The Jets, who do have the number one overall pick, the roster is an embarrassment. Absolutely terrible. The Jaguars, well, it's the Jaguars. You know, even the Eagles. Let's say the Eagles comes open. Like, you want to be the guy to try to save Carson Wentz's career? It might not be salvageable, you know? It might not be possible. So, this is the one job. Quarterback, have it. Star wide receivers, have it. Star pass rusher, have it. Top draft pick, have it. Wiggle room with your salary cap, have it. Like, I don't know what else you could need. You're in a big market, and you don't have that much pressure because the fans don't even care. Just will he be willing to cut a check and pay a guy the going rate? 
I'm not even asking. It'd be one thing if the going rate for a coach was $5 million and I'm telling him to pay a $10 million. All the good coaches make 9 to $12 million. That is the going rate for talent at, in this profession. It just is. Like, it's just the business you're in. So if you're not willing to pay it, you can't keep complaining or be shocked when you keep sucking. But it's clear now, they have no business moving forward at the end of this year to keep on sucking. They have way too much talent on the team. They have a good quarterback. They have a top pick. The only thing that will hold them back, the hell, they have a GM that can pick good players. That's never been their problem. They've always had good players. Can they pick a right head coach? Because that is the one, that is the franchise one problem. They can never seem to get the coach right. Big offseason for the Chargers. Okay, let's go a little three for the money. Uh, I am currently, let's see, 22 and 17. I'm 22 and 17 on the year. I had the Titans last week, plus three and a half, nailed it. Bucks plus three and a half, got a little lucky, but it's better to be lucky than good, nailed it. Raiders over, no, against the uh, against the Falcons. I think the over-under was like 51, final score was 43 to 6, so it didn't even hit 50. This week's pretty hard, I- I'm not going to lie. Uh, I-, I haven't even figured out what games I'm going to gamble on. Honestly, it might just, I, I don't know. Th- this week is... I- 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 very challenging. The actually the only game that I might pick would be uh, we'll, we'll get into it in a second. But I'm going to start off with this game. My guy Matt Nagy is struggling right now. They're obviously lost a ton of straight games. I think they're five and six now. They're they're in shambles, and their biggest issue. I mean, the defense isn't playing that good anymore. But th- th- their main issue right now is quarterback play. As we saw last week. And he had some garbage time yards. Mitch Trubisky is terrible. And I had a buddy in the league that hit me up. It was after the Texans won. After they had fired Bill O'Brien and the Texans won a game. He said, is there a bigger lock every week? Or not every week because it doesn't happen every week. But when a coach is fired to bet on that team. And I said, yeah, you're on to something. And the Detroit Lions just fired Matt Patricia. The players hated Matt Patricia. The Lions are playing a Bears team who's in absolute shambles. I like the Lions plus three. Uh, the Indianapolis Colts are playing the Houston Texans, who have kind of got their mojo back a little bit. Uh, but I just think Indy's better. Indy just kind of got their ass kicked. Now, I don't. they clearly aren't as bad as what they just showed against Tennessee. They were missing some players. I mean, the best player on their team could not play in the game. Jonathan Taylor out, their second-round pick. So it's like, and their best player is DeForest Buckner. But like you're you're missing your best player and several other role players, you might still have lost to the Titans, but you wouldn't have got your ass kicked like that. I mean, DeForest Buckner is a special player. He's going to be an All Pro this year, so I like them this week minus three and a half. And I tend as the year goes on, and this is why my next pick. You give me huge lines, even if teams that are like one or two wins, if they have some talent on their team, which the Jacksonville Jaguars do, and I've bet on them now a couple times last week against the Browns, a couple weeks before against the Packers. You give them 10 to 14 points, they hang in games. They are not the Jets that have no talent and no direction. You watch the Jaguars play, you're like, oh, they can score points. They have athletic players on offense. They have a good running back. They have wide receivers that can score. They have some defensive players that can make plays. Like, they just do some stuff. You give me over 10 points with the Jags, I'm taking them every time. 
They're also playing the Minnesota Vikings. It'd be one thing if Minnesota was like, you know, they're an 11 1 team, they're going to be the one seed. Minnesota's not even making the playoffs. Their defense is atrocious. Can't cover anybody. Now, I'll say this about Kirk Cousins. I've been hard on Kirk Cousins over the years. He's a lot better. Uh, he, he's improved a lot. He, he's a solid player. But in their offense with Justin Jefferson and Thielen, and I think Thielen's still up in the air with the Corona thing. Uh, but if those guys are playing, like they can score. Dalvin Cook, we'll see if he's healthy enough. But I like the Jags plus 10.5. So I got the Lions plus 3 at the Bears. I got the Colts minus 3.5 at the Texans. And I got the uh, fighting Jacksonville Jaguars at the Minnesota Vikings, Skull. Do a little Skull. Uh, plus 10.5. That, that's honestly probably my favorite bet of the week. Jags plus 10.5. Okay, let's go a little Middlecoff mailbag. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram handle. Slide up in those DMs. Also, if you haven't, leave a review. I'd greatly appreciate everyone that left a review. Apple or iTunes, uh, it, it helps. So thanks. Keep doing it. Don't stop. Don't stop if you get enough. Is that what Michael Jackson said? Hey, John, never miss a pod. Appreciate it. Would uh, My question is this. What do you think Carson Wentz's trade value is? Taking into consideration his contract, his floor, his ceiling, his ability now, if he were to move, which teams would he fit? I, I, I think the answer is just really simple. He's not going anywhere. Because of the way NFL contracts work, and I was talking about this on my other podcast with Haberman, we were talking about Westbrook and Chris and uh, John Wall. In the NBA, when you have a guy that makes $40 million and another guy that makes $40 million, you just you can trade them straight up if they're on a similar contract, right? The money has to match. In the NFL, it doesn't work that way. When I give a guy $120 million guaranteed, as the owner, I pay his entire bonus, even though his contract is like five years, $180 million, but $120 million of is guaranteed. Jeffrey Lurie pays all that money no matter what. So they're so tied to him for the next three years, paying him that lump sum of money, that he's not a tradable player. So he he's not only not going anywhere, like he is a 1 million percent lock to be the Eagles quarterback next year. Carson Wentz will be the quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles. If you were an NFL GM, who would you draft? Justin Fields or Zach Wilson? <clears throat> you know, my, my first inclination is to say Zach Wilson. I'm going to have to do some digging with some of my buddies in the league, text around what they've seen. Because uh, I watching Justin Fields against Indiana, you know, I mean, he does pass the ball a lot better. I just Zach Wilson looks like a pretty pure thrower of the ball. I don't think the, the more and more just kind of keep my ear to the streets, and I don't know if Justin Fields is a one hundred percent lock to go number two. Now it's still really early; it's still hard to tell. But I think Zach Wilson and Trey Lance both have a chance to go number two in this draft, and I think a lot of people are going to think Justin Fields is really good. What do you think could be some veteran quarterbacks who could come in and replace Roethlisberger after the season should he walk away from st- and stop playing? Here's my thing. If you if I bring up his contract right now, isn't he under contract next year at a pretty big number? Like, I, I just... If they make the play... I mean, they're going to make the playoffs. If they... If they win a play... If they lose the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game... Why would Roethlisberger quit? Let's see. He's under contract next year. Cap hit $41 million, $20 million bucks. I just, I think Ben Roethlisberger is coming back. 
to me, the move through the Steelers is trade for Darnold, have him sit behind Roethlisberger for a year and kind of be his insurance as he gets old. But I, I, I think Roethlisberger's coming back. I'll, I'll be floored if he retires. He's making too much money, and their team's too good. Why would you retire? And, he, and he's, he's still decent, you know? I mean, he's still, and the stats are still really good. I, I, I think under no circumstances, unless he has a bad injury as the season goes on, does Roethlisberger not come back. What are your thoughts on the season from the New York Giants? I'm really impressed. As anyone that knows, if you've been listening to the show for a while, I thought Joe Judge making the coaches run was the dumbest shit ever. But he's bounced back well. His team's played really hard. They're well coached. They're physical. They Every game, their defense plays hard. He, he looks like a franchise coach. I, that might be a little strong. He looks like a coach that has an opportunity to be a franchise coach. And clearly what the Giants like... Coughlin, Parcells, he's kind of nuts, right? He might, he may or may not have thrown blows with uh, Mark Colombo, who's 6'8", 350 pounds. So the moment I heard that, I like Joe Judge even more. Uh, they just need a lot more talent. To me, the move's easy. You fire Dave Gettleman. Maybe you go get one of the guys in New England. You bring him in with Joe Judge, and you start picking good players. And you start building a, you know, a, a, champi- a championship. Let's say a playoff-level team. Because... Joe Judge looks pretty solid. I have a question I'd like your opinion on. With Tom Brady's obvious struggles with the deep ball passing game, do you think the reason that Bill Belichick was so hesitant to surround him with so-called weapons, we all said that they were lacking? Clearly Tom was still productive in New England with the short game. Maybe Bill outsmarted us us all again and realized those expensive weapons would have been useless in their offense anyway. So he decided to spend money elsewhere. Have to admit, as terrible as Tom's last year in New England was... They were still a complete team, and they were obviously still a contender. They just weren't exciting to watch. I agree. I would never put it past Bill Belichick that they didn't think he was very good at throwing outside the numbers or throwing down the field outside the numbers, so they didn't waste time investing in those guys. When you look at when they drafted Nikhil Harry, Nikhil Harry's comp, he was going to be, if he hits, it turns out he's not any good. I was wrong on that. I thought he was good. I thought he was going to be like a juju-type guy. I thought he was going to be juju. Like, that's what I thought he'd be like. Physical guy, and he's just not good. But I, I thought Nikhil Harry was going to be in that mold. And that's what they were looking for in the first round. They, they weren't going to draft a guy like DK Metcalf. They wanted a big physical guy to go across the middle and Tom, you know, pump the ball to. So, yeah, I, I think they're, that's definitely a chance of that happened. We'll end on that. About an hour in the podcast. Appreciate everyone listening. Have a good weekend. And enjoy the football. In, try to enjoy your life. It's not easy during these times. Try to keep our, our smiles, you know, turn a frown upside down. It's easy to get mad. Trust me, I got Gavin Newsom, you know, can make you really angry if you read the news too much. So you just got to you just gotta stay positive. Adios, Godspeed, and uh, see you guys next week. Peace.
Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like in the parking lot at your kid's peewee championship game. A trophy bigger than your five-year-old is blocking the rear windshield of the car in front of you. As they reverse into you, you're stuck on defense. And if you don't have the right auto insurance coverage, this crash could drain your athletic fund. So switch to Allstate, save money, and get protected from mayhem like this. Based on coverage selected, subject to terms, conditions, and availability. Savings vary. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals. It's not about being the best in the world. It's about doing what's best for the world. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota.